0: Welcome to C-Speak, the language of executives, supported by PNC. I'm Jim Hohen, Regional President of PNC Bank in Central Pennsylvania. Each podcast in this series features local and regional C-level executives talking about relevant and timely business topics. This knowledge sharing platform provides insights on forward-thinking business approaches that encourage leaders to think differently. We at PNC are proud to support this initiative. Here is your host for C-Speak, Sharon Ryan.
1: Thank you, Jim, and thanks to everyone for joining us for this episode of C-Speak, the language of executives. On this episode, we'll talk about strategic workforce development and what that looks like during a worker shortage. Our guest is Dame Leadership's Joe Robinson. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Thank
0: you, Sharon. So good to be here today.
1: Uh, Joe, you have a lot of experience Uh, coaching and developing business leaders. Are you ready to tackle this topic of strategic workforce development? Yeah,
0: let's go for it. We're giving the best we can.
1: (laughs) So we both hear a lot of talk about recruitment and not as much talk Mm -hmm. about workforce development strategies. And so how does a workforce development strategy differ from a recruitment plan?
0: That's an excellent question. Uh, workforce development strategies tends to be more comprehensive. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, recruitment plans as well as succession plans are all components of a workforce development strategy. But the, but the strategy involves understanding the trends that, that impact customers, the products, uh, understanding how change will impact uh, job requirements. Having a, an appreciation and understanding of the labor market uh, demographics, uh, the training needs that are evolving, uh, it, it doesn't inquir- require refining your recruitment processes, your orientation, your onboarding, the way you bring people aboard, and developing your individual and team work plans to be in in, in, in uh, coordination and uh, in support of your overall uh, strategic organization that, it, that there's an alignment between them. Uh, so I, I believe if you're clear on if 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 you are unclear on these things, you could fall into the trap of recruiting and hiring for what I would consider soon to be obsolete job functions. And so, workforce development planning is forward thinking.
1: When you said comprehensive, and yes. uh, sometimes that's pretty hard to focus on the big picture right now, when you feel so desperate.
0: Yes, and that is the problem. If what the old adage of trying to uh, change change a flat tire while, while the car is moving, you know, that's what it feels like sometimes.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, I think that though all those pieces have to work together,
0: correct? To that's be, right.
1: And it's the strategy. It's and a so, strategy. And every strategy has to contain aspects. Of it that explain the goals that mm-hmm. the strategy is going to accomplish and how it's going to accomplish those goals and why those goals even really mean anything. That's right. And so, what aspects of a workforce development strategy do you recommend? What What should a workforce development strategy have?
0: Well, as it it should t- it should tell it should tell you where the organization is and it should tell you where the organization is going and where it's headed. Uh, it should convey the values of the organization. That should be a part of your strategy. And when you talk about what is our strategy, your values ought to be uh, 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 evident. Uh, it should reflect the core products and services that you intend to deliver. And it certainly should reflect the job functions that are required to deliver those products and services. So when you talk about your workforce development strategy, your story, if you will, uh, all those components need to be there. If anyone wants to take a look and read about your organization they'd be able to see that that your that your plan is connected to to what your organization purports to be about
1: and what's a story like when we talk we talk about strategy a strategy should always have a story should tell a that's story right.
0: that's right absolutely uh, one thing I've learned in the in the nonprofit world uh, that uh, you always have to have a story if you want anyone to uh, uh, consider the cause that you're uh, championing uh it, you do that through stories, and so that's what that's what resonates with people.
1: Well, I also learned in the nonprofit world that it's not not profit, no profit.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I, I I said that as well, Sharon. I said uh, when I took over uh, that first assignment, it was I was there for almost twelve years, and I said the first thing I learned immediately was that nonprofit is a misnomer. <laughs> that's the Sickle Cell Council. That's correct.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You ran that for.
0: Uh eleven and a half years. Wow. That's yes.
1: amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so the story it should tell is should has to be compelling. And this is Absolutely. about why we're hiring. I mean it's right. not a it's not the strategic plan for the entire organization. No, no, no. It should blend into it.
0: Exactly, sure. It has to be alignment. But yeah, people need to understand if they're gonna consider your organization. And remember everybody is uh shopping around trying to figure out where they wanna plant their feet, where they wanna put their talents. And so you have a responsibility to tell a compelling story that makes your organization attractive. We're talking about doing a a worker shortage. Well, you've got to be uh, intentional here about making sure that you're putting the best foot forward for your organization. Why does someone want to spend their time? with your organization. So you got to give them a a compelling reason to do that.
1: Yeah. And I think you just hit the word intentional because we, you know, a lot of people are running around with their hair on fire saying, text me and you're hired. (laughs) And I and, and I understand why. I mean, it's that desperate sure, out there. Sure, so. sure. But we're both singing from the same hymnal, I think, when, when it comes to the importance of culture for yes. attracting and retaining great people because retention is as much a part of a mm-hmm. talent and workforce development strategy as recruitment. Absolutely. Um, so what, what are the general attributes of a culture that you think people are seeking now?
0: I, th- I think people are seeking a... Uh, this This pandemic demonstrates to all of us that there are there that that people now have different options, whether they how they work from home or work in person, but they now have different options and and everyone I believe kind of took a step back during that slowdown period and reassessed their lives, reassessed the treadmills they've been on, and they began to say. Where, when I re-engage again, where do I really want to re-engage and what kind of place am I looking to work in? And so I think they're looking for places where they have, uh, uh what someone called the psychological safety, where they can be free to be themselves, to be their authentic selves. They want a place like that where they can work. They want a place where they're valued, where they're trusted, and where they're empowered. Uh, they want a sense of, uh, of belonging, a sense of family in a lot of cases. And, uh, I remember about 30 years ago, there was a book called Megatrends, and that book talked about how there was a shift from high, high tech to high touch. And I think we're seeing a uh, – uh, we we're revisiting that. We've come around full circle, and I think there's a, 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 a desire for that. After being so isolated, people want a sense of connection. And so they want a work environment that provides a sense of connection and community.
1: And connection depends on their ability to be themselves, their true selves. That's
0: right, their true selves. That's right. And so, if you're as old as I am, you may not understand why a person would show up with uh, with an earring in both ears, uh, a, a fellow to work. But they—that's—that's that's what they, are. they they wear now. It's a fashion statement, and and that's how they express their individuality. And so, if uh, you have to be able to look beyond that and look at look at what uh what th- that individual is bringing to the organization.
1: Right. And I think sometimes we feel like we're connecting and we're not. Tell yeah. me about that blind spot where we might think we're connecting with our team and we're it's really a phone call and we think we're connecting.
0: Yes, yes. That that is so true. We we can we can be so uh assured because we're coming from our own paradigm and and you have to um uh, I I had a uh, a former pastor who used to say you have to take a mental flight from your shoes to theirs and I think if you do that uh you you begin to see uh see see it, see it from a different perspective or or or, or, as, or as as we all know Stephen Covey says seek first to understand then seek to be understood and so we all have a blind spot and so recognizing that don't go into any engagement any interaction thinking that you you already know how this is going to pan out you need to go in there Listening, listening, listening. Seeking to learn. Mm-hmm.
1: Curiosity, Curiosity. Being more Curiosity. curious than certain. Got to be curious. Sure. That's right.
0: More curious than certain. That's right.
1: So tough times. We you know we keep talking about mm-hmm. tough times mm-hmm. um, in this in, with with talent and and uh, workforce strategy. Tough times really require creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got to mm-hmm. get creative. That's right. And um, and so how do you get creative when you're thinking about how to find talent for your organization?
0: Well, uh, well, as I said, you're right. We are in tough times. And I, I alluded to that earlier with this pandemic that we've all come through and actually still working through. It, it's caused people to reassess how they look at uh, employment. Uh, where do I want to spend all my, my, my working hours every day? And so as, as as a company looking to bring people aboard, you have to recognize that, People are, many people have reevaluated and reassessed and said, I'm going to do something different. I just want to do something different now. Something more challenging, engaging. Oh, I just want to try something different. And so you have to be, as a, as a, uh, today's workforce, you have to be prepared to bring aboard people who, who may not have had the job classification that you're looking for, but perhaps they have some transferable skills. Uh, and so if you have a position, Requiring someone with empathy and listening skills, uh, don't overlook the bartender who's looking for a career change because they are certainly expert at listening and, and being empathetic. And so uh, that that for some might be a, a a bit of a trite example or a glib example, but the point is, uh, open your mind and and not just look at someone's current background, but but see what do they bring that's transferable. We can teach them the way we do things here. But, but that skill that they're bringing, that's priceless, and we want to try to capitalize on that because that's something you, you can't always train for. Some people have to bring that to the table.
1: Right, and I think you know, looking for people who have the same values fit.
0: Absolutely. V- values are so important. At Dame Leadership, we have uh, four core values, and uh, they, are, they are very useful to us uh, because one of them, of course, is candor. Candor, trust, accountability, and service to others is what we uh, advocate at, at Dame Leadership.
1: Yeah, I mean, just looking for those values, looking for transferable skills. That's right. And, um, you know, I think there's so many examples out there. Um, we talked about Queen Elizabeth.
0: <laughs> yes, right. That's right. The Queen has a... Uh, she has uh, the queen. The queen has a uh, the lady who's responsible for her wardrobe and dressing uh, uh, every day. Started out as a as a as a as a maid somewhere else. Uh, the queen and ca- working for somebody else who's in royalty uh, uh, or at least connected to royalty. And the queen met her and liked her and asked her to come aboard and work for her. And she's been doing that for a number of years. And now she's kind of been promoted to the to the queen's chief stylist. In fact she even lost her own clothing line as a result of it. So there's a case of someone who came from a different background, but she obviously had the values that the queen was looking for. Uh and and and, and someone that resonated with the Queen and uh and, and they've had a wonderful relationship as as a result. And so you can't you don't know where that next prized uh employee is going to come from, but you've got to remain open. You're looking for a certain talents, attributes, skills, and and again, regardless of what their uh, previous job uh, title may have been.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, what I'm hearing a lot of people say, uh, as they talk about what's changed with their jobs, like people who travel a lot have, Mm -hmm. I hear it a lot where they say, I've been able to have dinner with my family every night. Exactly, And that has, that's a hard thing to give up.
0: I know, I know. Uh, That's why so many people are even resisting going back into the office. Uh, they have enjoy the flexibility of being able to work from home and to uh, and and still be just as productive. In fact, in some cases, they're more productive because now you don't just get them for eight hours a day because they may be working on some of your work projects at 10 o'clock at night now because they're at home and or, or they trade off. They're able to do some of their own personal errands during the day and work longer for you in the evening. So it's a win win for everyone. The company. As well as the individual and their families,
1: right? And we both know there's a big difference between fitting in and belonging. That's right. And when you're at home, you're not putting on airs. You're not putting on a show on for anyone. That's right. And that's right. it gets exhausting, don't you think? <laughs> to to think about having to do that.
0: That's right. That's right. Yep. That's why it's just. That's why I think people have been a little more productive because they are. Again, what do we say at the outset? People want to be themselves. They want to bring their authentic self to the to the to the enterprise, and so that is a perfect environment for them to do that. And so, how do you replicate that back inside of the office? That's that's so that's what people are looking for. So, knowing that that's what people are looking for, as a CEO, you've got to be creative about how are we going to kind of replicate that environment for people? How are we going to get people that kind of freedom and attitude uh, and still get the get the, achieve the mission?
1: Well, one way is to be yourself.
0: Be yourself. So,
1: everybody that you're going to be yourself.
0: That's right. That starts at the top. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So no need. So if if you got a stiff collar, if you put too much starch in your shirt collar, you need to take some of that out now <laughs> because people need to see you and see the authentic you, Mr. CEO. <music>
1: As a coach of of CEOs, uh what tips do you have for how to get let's just say somebody's listening to this and they're like, Yeah, hallelujah, I get this. <laughs> how do we get the rest of the team on board?
0: Well, I, I think uh first of all, uh the people who are on your team, you want to make sure and ensure that they embrace the company values because if they don't that's the starting point. If they come out to shoot and they're not really bought into the values, that's going to be a disconnect. You want to communicate the strategy at the macro and micro levels so that it's relevant at all levels of the organization. You want to talk and listen to team members and identify any impediments that they might have to embracing this strategy. You may learn something in the process. Maybe there's something you can do to to uh, remove that barrier because that's my contention. A manager's responsibility is to remove barriers for the employees so they can achieve and be all that they can be. And so... And then finally, as I said, uh, one of the values that Dame Leadership is candor. And so you have to be prepared uh, to re- reassign or release uh, those that are at odds with the strategy.
1: Yeah, that's the hard part. That is, is the hard part. Getting buy-in sometimes means shuffling. That's right. Yes, yeah, shuffling right. the deck. And um, so that's a great, I think it's really great. And it ties in with that candor theme. So, Joe, you wrote a book, The Seven Leadership Imperatives from a Wild Man, and it is a great read. What book or article on this topic that we're talking about today would you recommend to listeners?
0: Well, it's funny you should ask because I'm currently reading a book called Bringing Up the Boss, uh, Practical Lessons for New Managers by Rachel uh, Pacheco. Very interesting book that gives you a lot of insight on how to develop your up-and-coming managers, and I think every CEO would do well to, to uh, benefit from that kind of information. And Sharon, just a, a slight nod. I certainly enjoyed your book, The Talent Pool. So thank you for putting that work out there as well.
1: Well, thank you. I think, and you say practical lessons for managers. Yeah,
0: practical lessons for new managers. And I tell say. me
1: what some of the gems are in that book. Yeah,
0: well, she goes and talks about how to, um, how, how, first of all, how to un- onboard. And she does it in a humorous way. You know, so, so, so it's an engaging read. But she talks about how to bring people aboard and, and onboard them and, uh and then she talks about the, the the uh the uh you know, different expectations that you have for, for, for your managers, uh <laughs> the uh the complications of compensation, you know. Uh um and so things like that. She and she gives these very uh insightful titles that help uh help you uh rethink the way you're looking at some of these topics. Interviewing one oh one. We all think we know how to interview, but she has some interesting uh, observations on, on on proper techniques for interviewing, and uh, I think that was very helpful as well.
1: I think too that some of, like when you mentioned some of these things, as business leaders, we have blind spots and we think we're doing the right thing, and That's it right. has unintended consequences.
0: Unintended consequences. Yeah. Yep, and, uh, well said.
1: So it's good to. It's always good. You know, my well, somebody might think a book like that is like they don't need to read it it's
0: hey I, we don't know I, we don't know we don't know there you go and i am finding it would be very engaging so and i hope i think others will also
1: well, that's awesome thank yeah. you for that suggestion so and last question why do you show up for work
0: <laughs> well share uh, candidly there was a time in my life uh and maybe that of others where i showed up for work because i had uh bills that grabbed me by the collar every morning and said get up get up but now, honestly, I can say, I show up for work because I get fulfillment out of helping others uh be successful. There's nothing greater than seeing someone you've nurtured blossom and step into their calling
1: i just I totally agree I think it's so much fun. I can't believe it is <laughs> how much fun people were missing out <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right that's right, that's right, yeah, you're just eager to get there now because you actually you know what's what's the the one one author said you have to at some point in your life, you have to make the transition from from success to significance. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing things now that, that I feel like are significant because it's impacting the
1: lives of others. That is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that's terrific. So thanks, Joe, again, for being our guest today. Thank and you for, for having me. You're such an inspirational leader and a role model for so many people. Thank it's, you so much. I want I want to thank you for your service. Thank you. And thank you the listeners for joining us for this episode of C Speak, the language of executives, supported by PNC. If you enjoyed this episode of C Speak, the language of executives, you can find other episodes and share links by going to witf.org/cspeak.